Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, let's see. Two shots of her Dura Repo. That'll be 1950. Keep the change. From this 20? Are you sure? Because that 50 cents might be hurting you more than it helps me. What can I get you? Drunk? Welcome to episode 35 of Behind Bars, Cocked Tales, and Wasted Nights. I'm your host, Greg. I've been working as a bartender for over 20 years, and over those years, I've seen a lot. My goal here is to share some of those high and low lights with you. Quick warning, this podcast contains sex, drugs, and some language that isn't suitable for anyone under 21 years of age, so you gotta have some ID. Before we get started, a little housekeeping. In episode something something, I make fun of Post Malone at the top for his rosé that has an impossible to remove lucite cork, and I say it's not his fault because he's never had to work. Well, a listener informed me that Post Malone used to work at KFC before he came up. Now, I could have googled this claim, but I'm just going to stand corrected, because I'm not the go-getter I should be. I also could have figured out what episode I said that in, but again, I don't need another thing on my list today. That said, sorry listener. Sorry Post Malone. Maybe you know the Colonel's secret recipe, but you still don't know how much easier your life is with a screw cap or a regular fucking cork. Any hooselbees. Before we get into this interview, you'll need a drink. My guest is a southern gentleman, so I'm thinking we do something bourbon-y. How about a bourbon blackberry bramble? Yeah, that's the move. In a mixing tin, drop in four blackberries and a few basil leaves. Add a half ounce of lemon juice, a quarter ounce of simple syrup. Give her a little muddle, but don't go crazy because we'll get some essences from a shake shortly. Add some ice, a half ounce of blackberry liqueur, Leopold's out of Colorado makes a nice one, and finally, add an ounce and a half of Basil Hayden's bourbon. Shake and strain from your Hawthorne strainer into a fine mesh strainer to catch the seeds into a rocks glass with fresh ice. Garnish with a basil leaf and take a sip on your front porch. Don't forget your bug spray. The Skeeters are a-biting tonight. Oh, and if you don't have any of that shit, do a shot of Old Crow and a Fat Gator Tail. Those skeeters will get more than they bargain for after they bite your high ass. Little tiny heart attacks everywhere. So, this episode is a product of an ambitious endeavor. Before I left for Belize, I invited Boston James, Dave the Regular, and Lewis the Comedian over. We got plowed, and I interviewed them all back to back. You've met Boston James, and you're about to meet my good friend Dave the Regular. Like most people in the bar biz, 
Dave's one of those people who quietly blend in and could be standing behind you in line, sitting next to you at the bar, or just seem like the most unassuming person in a series you've run into across that day. You might not even acknowledge him, and that'd be your loss, because Dave's a secret maniac. I try to keep things around 20 minutes on the show, because that's a good commute time, but Dave's got stories, you guys. We got a couple in on schedule, but after we returned to the party, even more insanity came out, so we'll have Dave back soon. Okay, folks, settle in. I give you Dave, the regular. All right, everybody, welcome to Cocktails and Wasted Nights. Sometimes I say behind bars before that, sometimes I don't. Uh, I am here with Dave, the regular. What's up, Dave? What's going on, everybody? Thanks for having me, Greg. Oh, no, I'm psyched to have you, man. Like, Dave's a regular at my bar, uh, loves the podcast, and then uh, we were chatting, and he had some crazy stories, and I'm like, you know what? I got to get you on the podcast. So, uh, Dave, how did you find my bar? Well, when I lived up in Boulder, uh, I guess it was quarantine time. Things are half shut down. The only thing that was open in Boulder was Avanti Rooftop. Buck is up there working one night and just chit-chatting. He goes, got to check out this guy's uh, podcast that does trivia. Go home, listen to an episode called A Dark and Stormy Daniels Night, and... (laughs) I was hooked. Nice, dude. Nice. So I'm hearing a little twang, man. Where are you from? North Carolina. All right. How long have uh, you been in Denver? Uh, approaching three. Oh, in Denver, just a few months. But Colorado. Oh, yeah, yeah. Colorado, let's say almost three years. Okay. What brought you out here? Like, why would you leave North Carolina? Wanted to get in the weed business. Okay. <laughs> the green rush. Is that what you're doing now? That is. Okay. How's that going? money every every couple weeks yeah doing very well doing very well yeah a lot of people seem to smoke weed so there's a good a, demand it's a growing industry oh i see what you did there nice um so you come to the bar you growing weed uh when are you not fucked up <laughs> just kidding <laughs> we pre-game before the interview folks we're pre i'm not i'm not gonna lie to you Dave, tell me, uh, tell me a little story about uh, you and uh, a lady, a friend. This is what got me to get you in the studio. This was crazy with the the baseball bat. So it was, let's say, about a year after I graduated college, and I was bar backing and serving at a brewery uh, back in North Carolina. So wait, were you doing that while you were going to college? I did do that all through college, like mainly serving at fine dining restaurants, different bars, you know, every summer, whenever school was like getting out, you would start interviewing, say in like April, so you could work at like a country club over the summer and make really, really good money. Like how good? Give me a number. Anywhere like during the week, $250, $300 a night, weekends, we're talking $500, 600 a night. Okay. Nice. Let me ask you something. In the fine dining, did you have a food runner or did you have to like carry your shit out? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Like it was so sweet. Like you just would go up, basically take the order and, and every. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you're done. Basically, like you would drop by like one or two more times to say, everything all right. Do you need some more wine? Let me get you the sum. <laughs> Absolutely. So hands yeah, yeah, off yeah. and make a bunch of money. That's great, dude. I could never do... I did fine dining for a little while, but I was like so in over my head. I could never serve. Like, that's the thing. Like, you have to time it where all the, the runners have to place everything at the same time, and you can't clear until everybody's done. Oh, all the rules, man. I couldn't do it. Being that it was North Carolina, we had sort of a bullshit low hourly rate, 
But uh, on every check, I think it was an automatic 25% gratuity. And then they tip on top of that? Like, frequently tipped on top of it. And, you know, there were those people that, you know, didn't even want to see the check. It didn't even matter. Nice. So you're in Colorado, and you're in the weed business. But uh, before you moved out here, you uh, you told me this story. Was this in North Carolina, the the bat? Yes. Give me, let, yes. Set the scene, Dave. Tell me this story. These guys want to hear this. So, like, barbacking one night, we're getting off work, some pretty girls come in, and as we're sort of winding down, we tell them, like, hang out for a little bit, we'll get a few drinks after we close. We do that, and, like, some of the servers that work there, I mean, we hung out after work all the time. And so, it's like, hey, let's move this back to my place. All right, cool. Three, three or four servers, and these three girls are back at my place. We're drinking, partying little ecstasy, little coke, and... Uh, Is this like a weeknight? <laughs> don't even remember. It was like... <laughs> okay. Gotta eat. I mean, it was just we partied for, every night. It was know? par for the course. Yeah, very par for the course. So, you know, everything's going great, and, like, one of the guys I worked with had expressed a heavy interest in trying LSD. And let's say 45 minutes, an hour later, when the ecstasy that we'd taken starts kicking in, Everybody's yes to everything. I run upstairs and bring back down a few hits of LSD. Because you just had it on hand, of course. I actually had just gotten back from like a 10-day run of seeing fish shows. <laughs> You're one of those guys. You're a fish head. Love, love the fish. Okay. And so you do like the nitrous and everything like that. Absolutely. I mean, why not? If it's around, you know, little of this, little of that. It's available at all the shows, right? Pretty much, yep, yep. I can't think of one that uh that I haven't where it hasn't been available. All right, and and uh, oh, we were talking before, didn't you? Like, like your mom was like, like you were going to fish, and your mom expressed an interest in oh, fish, so she looked him up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's uh sidetrack for a minute. Yeah, my mom knew how big of a fan I was, and had told me once, like, I'd love to go to a show with you. It'd be, <laughs> and I'm like, it's an absolute circus. I don't know. So a few years ago, Trey is playing in Atlanta with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. I say, hey, uh, this is what's going on. She's let's do it. She gets tickets for she and I, hotel room, and we're down there. On the way in, somebody passes us a little something that I'm pretty sure was like Molly, some ecstasy powder, something like that. <laughs> <That's> your mom. <laughs> hey. <laughs> And she's just so happy to be there. She partakes a little bit. I partake oh my a God. lot more. Did you have and a cool mom? She's the best. Like, I won the lottery in parents. Like, oh I say my that God. all the That's time. A, she's that is a cool mom. So, so cool. I, I don't know if she knew exactly what was going on or whatever, but as the show's ending and she, you know, halfway through, she's like, this is amazing. <laughs> this is so great. She's like rolling face. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yes, absolutely. And uh, show's ending. We're heading outside, and we hear that familiar sound. All oh, the balloons. She says, are those the nitrous balloons that uh, you talk about? <laughs> that you talk about? You talk about nitrous balloons to your mom? I, she's cool. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I try to lay out the whole experience. I say, yeah. Next thing you know, she hands me four. I say, I think they're uh, three for 20. She hands me $40. She goes, let's get six. 
Oh my god, dude! Your mom and my mom were the opposite. My mom was like, "I have one pearl harbor, and I'm just done for the night." I, I can't even have her listening to this podcast. This is amazing. All right, keep going. I never even. I mean, like my mom will drink and you know smoke a little marijuana, ha- hang out, have fun. I've never seen her do anything like this night and this and that. And like next day, she's like, "What happened last night?" I was like, "Oh, we had fun." You know? <laughs> well, I mean, she's a trooper. She's a champ. You know, I think she kind of got the experience she was looking for, without me having to like mess up my night and like not hanging out with the friends and this and that or whatever. Right, like you didn't have to babysit. She was like right there keeping she, pace with she you. She was awesome, and like she was like so cool that like I guess like not long after the show was over and the balloons and this and that. I did have some friends at the show. She's like, I'm going to take an Uber back to the hotel. You should hang out with your friends. Oh, my God. And so, yeah, yeah, like uh, when we were done doing that, just went back to the hotel. Have you guys partied since? Oh, I mean, at the beach house, you know, just mild partying, you know, beers and wine and, you know, dinners, things like that. But no, like, notable stories to tell, nothing that, like, you didn't sort get, of, like, fish crazy. No, no, okay. no, not at all. Does, I mean, like, your dad know, like, that happened? I mean, oh, we told him a little bit, you know. I mean, I think she was, like, uh, she gave him the PG story of what right. happened that so night. Then you knew what to talk about, too. I don't even think she really understood in the moment, like, that that was Molly or Ecstasy or whatever. <laughs> like, And she's like, well, what, what just happened? And, uh... Ah, don't worry about it. She was, like, just such a trooper, like, so much fun, like, and then the next day I was like, I think that might have been ecstasy, and she's like, oh, my goodness, but, uh, <laughs> like, she was cool, like, she, she's, like, super cool, and, you know, she says, don't tell your dad, I don't tell my dad, so. That's awesome. So, sorry to, like, sidetrack, but we were talking about LSD and went to the fish thing, so back to the LSD. Exactly. Then you get the three cute girls, you got, like, the three or four servers, you're back at your place, you're rolling face, and somebody wants to do LSD, and you're like, oh, I happen to have some, because I went to some fish shows. Take it. Exactly. So, when it starts kicking in, that's when I remember, I was like, hey, T-Max here, hey, he wanted to try the LSD, I run to my room, grab a few hits for us, and uh, it's like, hey... Look what I found. Give them a hit. Just one hit. I take two. You know, who knows how many the other people took. But, you know, we all partook. And uh, continue just partying. I don't even really think anything of it. I'm used to taking it. You know, not not naive. And night goes on. A couple hours later, the people that weren't staying the night are heading out. This and that. And my friend T-Mac comes up and he's like, dude, I... This is working hard on me, man. Like, da 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 da. It's like, you got to ride home, like, ride with so and so or whatever. I don't know. I was like, all right, hey, I got it, I got it. I felt responsible for him because I had given him the drugs, you know, and you just don't leave, you know, leave no man behind kind of attitude. And uh, so I was like, hey, fixed him up. Like, I had a guest bedroom in, uh, in my house, and so I fixed him up the bed, get him ready, stay here. Turn on the TV, chill out, here's water, whatever. The bathroom's here. You know, thought I had them all set up. You know, so I go up with the girl that's staying with me, and, you know, we proceed to get into things, you know, and <laughs> we're... Get down. Abs- oh, man. And this is, like, some girl that worked at a place, like, near us, and she would come in, I kind of would see her, like, I'd been wanting to get with this girl for a while, so it's finally going down. Right. She a server? 
She yeah, she was a server. I love servers. They they try harder. I mean, and she's cool. I mean, you know, we're all, and so it's like one of these things I've been chasing for a few months, and it's finally going down. Oh yes, we're back in my room. Lights are off, hooking up, and you know, let's say fifteen minutes in, the lights flip on. What? You know, and I mean, we're all I mean tripping all this stuff, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And I turn around, and T-Mac, the guy I worked with, has a pistol in his hand. I, That's a boner killer. Oh, I mean, at, at 100%, man. Instant. I mean, I'm going into fight-or-flight mode. I'm like, yo, what's going on? I mean, like, and he's screaming like, you poisoned me. What'd you, what'd you give me? I'm like, calm down. You know, I mean, I'm going back. I'm like, this is the very first time he's ever tried acid. You know, you're responsible for this. Like, this is your fault. Right. And this is all running through your head. Yeah, I mean, like... While you got a gun, like, you got butt ass naked, you were just having sex. And so, like, I... Like, in, a, in that same moment, I look, like, right beside my bed, being a former baseball player, just for nostalgia, I had a baseball bat there. And I go, y- you got to make a decision. And I go, if you don't, who knows what's going to happen, but just, you got to do this. And I grabbed the baseball bat in one swing, just as probably as hard as I could, just smack him in the hand with the baseball bat. The gun flies out of his hand. I jump on it, take take the magazine out, decock it, get the one out of the barrel, and then put the gun on him, and he's sitting there crying. That's like Jason Bourne shit, dude. I mean, I had, like, I mean, I'm familiar with guns. Like, you grow up in North Carolina, you go hunting, this and that, growing up around a culturally diverse neighborhood, you were in some situations that, you know, your parents probably wouldn't want to hear about. And you see some guns sometimes. Heard. And uh, so, yeah, I just did what I knew to do and tried to, you know, minimize the situation. So as soon as I have the gun and everything like that, he's on the floor just crying. <laughs> took my gun. Exactly. Oh, he's my like, God. You took my gun and this and that. And now he's like, what's going on? Still saying, I think you poisoned me. And so I got to tell the girl that I'm with, like... Yeah, what's she doing? she freaking out? She's freaking out. She's got, like, the covers halfway pulled over her because she's butt-ass naked and this and that. And I'm like, I was like, I got to take care of this and this and that. And so the only thing I could think to do is, like, I got to get him out of my house at this point. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, it's over. Like, you're not staying here anymore. Like, Oh, yeah, more than that, you should call the cops. You're like, listen, you've really broken the house rules. You should leave. (laughs) We're... Like, I mean, we're we're at my house, and there was still probably some coke around or something like that, sure. so I didn't want any cops coming around. Right. But anyway, I'm trying to think of, like, how can I calm him down, tell him everything's going to be okay? Like, it's going to wear off in a couple hours, you know? So I do get him outside. I still have the gun. I think I told the girl to, like, hold the baseball bat just in case, like, something weird like yeah just in exactly case. we're yeah. both we're both holding stuff just in case and so get him outside thought i had him calm down the acid must have started kicking in again he starts jumping in bus- bushes oh my at, gosh at this like, point i think the only thing i can do and uber's kind of new in our area at this point so i just called him an uber and i said take him to the other side of town let him figure it out from there this and that his hand is just, like, shattered to pieces. He's crying about that, his hand being shattered. Like, bones broken, like, Oh, my terrible. God. Okay, so, like, he needs to go to the hospital. Like, he definitely needs to be at the hospital, this and that. But 
I was just trying to get him out of there. Yeah, that's the first priority, get him out of that house. So, like, actually, just, like, Uber shows up a few minutes later. I was like, hey, man, my buddy's, like, drunk as hell. Can you take him? Like, he lives over in this neighborhood. When you get over there, he should be able to tell you, like, where to drop him off. I was like, honestly, if you just drop him off around the corner, I don't, get I don't give a shit. Just, like, get him out of here, <laughs> he man. He won't find his way back. <laughs> like, whatever. So, anyhow, obviously, or he, he does get home safe, and he has to work our shift in the morning. I was off the next morning. And uh, so he arrives to work, maybe on time, who knows. But uh, not long after arriving and, like, trying to open the restaurant, people are noticing, like, what's wrong with your hand? Why are you acting so strange? Like, probably still tripping, still drunk, everything. And, like, they pull him into the office, and he goes, I think I shot Dave last night. <laughs> And my managers, and you know, I'd been working there for a little while at that point, and they're like, what? It's like, I, I don't know, like, we were partying, and things got out of hand, and I'm, I think I shot Dave last night. <laughs> and me, like, I, I have the morning I love off. that he's got this on his mind, but he doesn't say anything until he's pulled into the manager's office. <laughs> like, he's just trying to work, like, with this thought. I mean, I mean. What I'm, can I get you? Would you like a Caesar salad? I think I shot my friend and coworker. I mean, I, I've taken way too much acid before. Oh, same. So, I mean, who knows what was going on. But uh, Once I chased my friend Dave down the street barefoot, and uh, it turned out it wasn't Dave when I caught up. It was the guy delivering newspapers at 4.30 in the morning. I was like, oh, boy, you're not Dave. And I'm holding my shoes in my hand, and my feet are bleeding. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Well, this restaurant and bar that I work at, like we had a bunch of college kids that worked there and this and that. So it wasn't on unusual for somebody to call out last minute you know oh i'm sick you know whatever oh i'm still tripping and my hands broken that's a good reason whatever the case may be you know so my phone starts blowing up my boss is calling over and over and over i'm like yo after the night i just had i'm not trying to go in and cover somebody's shift you know whatever <laughs> you know, like, i need to job. chill <laughs> and so <laughs> <laughs> You know, after see if you're alive and you just don't want to go to work, so you're not answering the phone. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, I'm not even like really thinking about that. And so finally, you know, a text comes through from my boss. You know, 30 minutes or so later, like, hey, we're not trying to get you to come in and cover a shift. Just please call us back and let us know if you're alive or whatever. I'm like, what the hell? And so when I do call, like, I call my boss back like immediately. Like, you're not gonna believe this, but T Mac came in here telling this story about going over to your house getting real fucked up and he said he shot you and i was like funny you say that he did not shoot me <laughs> but he did pull a gun on me and i'm like what what is our staff doing <laughs> and they're like are you all right i'm like to be honest i don't know if i want to work with him but whatever and anyway everything ended up being cool you know worked its way out I had to talk to some police later that day because a neighbor saw us outside and they were like, I think I saw a gun. And they did. <laughs> oh my God, Dave. Those are some great cocked tales. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate it. We're going to have you back in the studio again because I know you got more of these. You're a maniac. Uh, dude, thanks again. Absolutely. Thank so you, you so much for having me. Uh, love the show. Keep listening. Uh, rate subscribe and review oh dave look at you i'm gonna have to hire you as like my andy richter thanks buddy thank you greg welp it's last call so let me give you a tip 
If you pay in cash and your change is three bucks, don't leave me two bucks and take the last dollar. What are you doing? I'm not being greedy, I swear. If it were me, what am I going to do with the one dollar? Exactly. Nothing. You don't need it. You just don't want me to have it. Folks, it's been a blast. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And a call to my fellow Booslingers. Send in your stories to cocktailsandwastednights at gmail.com. You can remain anonymous if you'd like. Thanks for listening, subscribing, downloading, and spreading the word. Don't be afraid to give me a good review, even if you're lying. And check out my video, just close it on YouTube. If you want to support the podcast, check it out on Patreon. I mean, there's nothing there. It's super basic. It's a placeholder, really. Yep. Pretty much just my tip jar. Anyway, we'll see you next time on Behind Bars, Cocktails, and Wasted Nights. Cheers! Give her a little muddle, but don't go crazy, because we've got some essences, well...